Hello, everybody, and welcome to Joyfully You Podcast. I am your host, and today we have Maddie Maple with us. Maddie is a confidence and business coach that inspires and motivates women to start living authentically and to stop living small. She's an expert at helping you break free from limiting beliefs and self-doubt so you can manifest the life you've always dreamed of. Maddie helps you say goodbye to your nine to five and hello to passion, freedom, and abundance. I love it. Welcome, Maddie. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. I love this. Yes, I'm so excited. God bless the interwebs of Instagram (laughs) aligning us together to make this episode. Right. It's like every time I reach out to someone, I know it's for a reason. And then, of course, we got on Zoom and just like started talking. And I'm just like, (laughs) yep, this is why we're here. Thank God for Instagram. (laughs) Seriously. And it's so cool how the universe works to bring people together with common things. Like you guys, me and Maddie are only talking for like 10 minutes prior to this episode. And we're like, wow, immediate synchronicities. I'm so excited for, you know, to hear a little bit about your story, Maddie. And, you know, what... I feel like we don't get started on teaching certain things unless we've personally experienced the struggle of them. Exactly. <laughs> so I'd love to hear a little bit of your story of what led you to pursuing this line of work of working with people around confidence and living big. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah. So like she said, I'm really passionate about teaching confidence because truly like our confidence revolves around or or everything revolves around our confidence, right? Like even our our confidence is um, stored in like our our solar plexus chakra, right? And if you think about it, solar plexus, solar, sun, and what does everything revolve around? The sun. And I just think that's such an interesting um, kind of like metaphor synchronicity because I truly, truly feel that way that, you know, any problem that you're having in your life, it really does come down to confidence, which is what you believe about yourself, what you believe about the world and what you believe about what you can achieve. You know, it's the, if you believe you can, or you can't, you're, you're right. And, um, I'm sure you talk a lot about, right. The self-limiting beliefs and procrastination and self-sabotage and, um, getting all out of all of those things is truly the thing that leads you to the life that you want to live. So, um, that's what I'm really, really passionate about. And like you said, uh, I don't think we, find that passion for it unless we once did not have it or, or struggled with it. So kind of my story. So I, I grew up and I was laughing cause, um, you're sharing about, you know, a lot of people, you work with some people that were like grew up in a church and then they get out of that. And it's like a lot of, um, feeling lost or feeling judgment or feeling just like closed in. And I actually grew up Mormon my whole entire life. I grew up in Utah and was Mormon until I was like 19 years old. So that's not even, I'm only 24. So that was only like five years ago. And I grew up Mormon and um, no, no shame or anything towards that religion. And I saw family in it and respect it and, and love a lot of what they preach. But for me, it was very, very restrictive. Um, and there was just, you know, I was told so many things that I, I couldn't do. Um, or else I, I was not worthy or I could not be with my family forever. And so I grew up with a lot of guilt and a lot of shame because of course I started dabbling in and liking like the things that they were telling me, like you are a horrible person if you do this. And, um, I've just, it put me in this place of, you know, I, I would date people and I would have to like change my clothes before I go into their house or I'd have to like flip up my nose ring, or I had to make sure that like no one could smell the coffee on me or, 
little things like that. I wasn't that much of a, a bad child, but I just, you know, I liked coffee and I liked rap music and I liked to show mm-hmm. a little, little bit of my stomach. And um, I think that really just, you know, I didn't realize how much it hurt my confidence until I got out of it, but I was pretty much just shown that like who I actually am is wrong in a lot of ways. Um, and then I went through a toxic relationship. And again, it was like, I was, I was all growing up, like trying to form myself into somebody who I just absolutely was not. So then once I got out of those things, I actually, I don't know if you go to music festivals or (laughs) raving at all or know about like the EDM community. I have been, um, I don't, I haven't, not in a very long time, but yeah. when EDC was in LA, I think that was my last rave. And so that just kind of, I'm like, oh my God, that kind of ages me a little bit. It was like six, <laughs> six or seven years ago, but I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a big part of my story is being a part of that community. Um, because I actually, so I found raving after, after all of that, after the church, after the toxic relationship, a lot of trauma in high school. And I found raving and what it really did for me was like, open up this space where there was absolutely no judgment. Everyone was completely 100% themselves. Um, you know, a lot of people view that community as just like a party, right? It's a party scene. But for me, it really opened up like this space to say like, okay, wait, I can be anybody right now. But then I got, got to the point of like, wait, I can be anybody right now. Like who the fuck am I? Like, I have no idea who I am. And, um, there, there started my journey of like, truly, um, exploring like who I was, what felt good to me, who did I like to hang out with? What kind of music did I like to listen to? What did I like to wear without anyone telling me that it's wrong or bad? Like I just had full freedom and space to do that. Um, and so I, you know, make, to make this long story short, I fell absolutely in love with myself. I created someone I loved and fell in love with personal development, self-help and, um, moved out to LA and met an entrepreneur and helped with business and then fell in love with business. And there was only obviously one option of what kind of business. Well, that's not true. I tried a bunch of different things first, but then when I found coaching, it was like so clear. I was like, oh my God, wait, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. And one year later, then here I am. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. I remember when I first heard about the coaching industry, I was like, this is a thing. This is a thing. Are you kidding me? I felt this instant sense of home and instant sense of, oh fuck, this is going to be scary, (laughs) but I could feel that this is exactly what I want to do. Yeah. And you know, what's so funny. I actually didn't even know about the coaching industry when I decided to be a coach, which is the funniest part. I had never seen a coach on Instagram, never even heard of it in my life. I just always was like, I want to be a life coach or a counselor or do something with like psychology. And then I saw online, I just Googled like how to be a life coach. And I saw that you could just get a certification. I was like, Oh, this is amazing. I don't have to go back to school. And, um, I did it. And then I found the community and then it was even more like, Oh my God, how did I just find this? This is like, and, and, you know, throughout my whole life, it was again, like, do I belong here? No. Do I belong here? No. Do I belong here? No. And then I find this and I'm like, oh my God, no wonder I didn't belong anywhere else. Mm -hmm. This is it, you know? So, yeah. 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 It's so interesting how 
we take on these ideas of what's good, what's bad, what's right, what's wrong, when it's like, oh my gosh, there's nothing that's good, bad, right, wrong. It's like there's resonance or not. So I'm curious like how you went about that, especially with so much ingrained programming from a religion that it was like very clear cut. This is wrong. This is right. Like when you started breaking through the mold, how did you, um, how did you manage some of those beliefs, you know, in that coming out of religion, so to speak? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Such a great question. And it's so funny because someone else was just asking me this. I was sharing my story with somebody else and she was like, oh, that must've been so difficult to kind of like get out of that and move away from those beliefs. And I like sat there for a minute and I'm like, it should have been difficult, but I, it wasn't because I think that I'm very, very, um, in integrity with how I feel. And I kind of stepped into that power and, um, yes, I had all of these old beliefs, but once I like found how I felt and it was so true in my body, it was never like a, you know, what are these people going to think if I leave and what are my parents mm-hmm. going to think? And like, can I believe this? It's like, once I found, once you find truth, and you feel the truth, you have to just like trust that that's right. If that makes sense. It does. It's, it's like, like if something feels true in your body and you're like, yes, like this is it for me. For me, there was just no like questioning it. You know, even with the coaching, like when I found coaching, I was never like, should I do this? I don't know. Like, it was just like, oh wait, this is it. And I think if, if you trust yourself, the old beliefs and everything that everyone is saying or judging you about, um, it's unimportant. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just unimportant to me. So mm-hmm. I think, I think really once I found my truth, it was just, I didn't even, I didn't even look back. I didn't regret my time or all the time I spent with all those old beliefs. I didn't feel really like shame for leaving or anything like that. It was just like, Oh, that used to be true. And it's not, and this is now true. And okay. Like, Mm-hmm. You go. let the beliefs expire. It, oh, I love that. Yes. I let the beliefs expire. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. And something that you said that I think is really important to note is that you felt it in your body, yeah. you know, that sensation in the body. Cause there's been so many times where I feel a sense of calm and clarity in my body, mm-hmm. but that doesn't always where I'm like, this doesn't even make sense, but I could feel it in my body. And so trusting our body's intelligence, you know, kind of how you're talking about that solar plexus plexus mm-hmm. before I was before I like took power in my own life, yeah. I had constant acid reflux, constant heartburn, constant yeah. pain, exactly where the solar plexus is. So it's so interesting how mm. feelings of empowerment manifest in the body and how important that connection to the body actually is and how much wisdom is there. Because that's like one of the big things I heard you just say was you could feel it in the body. It wasn't all exactly. up in the mind. It was, exactly. you could, it was a sensation. Yeah. And it's, and it's so much like, <sighs> it's so much more clear. Like if you're trying to think about something logically in your mind, it's always going to feel, even if you're thinking about the right things, it'll always feel like, um, maybe confusing or you're like going through these loops and overthinking and all this like doubt, even if you're thinking logically about the right things, because the mind isn't where we find clarity. It is in like our heart and our bodies. And that's actually, you know, one thing we wanted to talk about today was authenticity. And one of the big things that I teach about is like, you can't obtain like confidence and authenticity by like creating things in your mind. Like, of course there's the thought work and belief work. And I I believe in mindset work, but what I more mean is like 
you can't think your way to that. Um, it's, it's about getting out of your head and back into your body. Cause if you think about it, your body and your heart and your energy, like that's all your soul and your soul is perfect. And it's already perfectly authentic and true and clear the thing that fucks it up or sorry, is it bad if I swear on your podcast? No, this podcast has been explicit since okay. day one. <laughs> okay. Perfect. <laughs> I always forget to ask that before we start recording. Um, but the thing that majorly fucks it up is the mind, right? So when, if you're always thinking, thinking, thinking like, what if this, what if that you can't find that true clarity and authenticity, you have to get out of that and just like feel and trust and get back to your, mm-hmm. your heart. So Mm -hmm. Do you have any, do you have any practices that you use like to connect to the body or, you know, different tools that you like in your own, your own way? I mean, for me, honestly, I embodiment is something that I am now trying to practice more because, um, I've never really been a very, like, uh, like being honest, like very, like, uh, embodiment, like in my practices, in my rituals, I'm very like Aries. And so I'm just like, go, go, go fire all the time. Um, so embodiment is something I really want to practice more of like getting even deeper into my body. But for me, it's more, um, my journal, like, because if you just let yourself be in your head without like putting out on paper, um, you're always going to be in your head. So for me, it's always been like journaling and just like getting stuff like out of my head. Um, for me, I think it's a little more just like innate to be just like in tune, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's something that's come natural. It sounds like, but yeah. I'm totally right on board with journaling. It's yeah. like, I need to see it and touch it and get it out of my head and on paper in yeah. order to feel it because the moment a thought comes, another thought comes. And so it's like easy to just get confused of what am I actually feeling right now? Exactly. And if you don't write it down, you will just, I think, I mean, we think, literally like every single day, our thoughts are 95% the same or something like that. Some Mm -hmm. crazy percentage. Right. And so if you don't put them on paper, like not only are you, you know, just one thought after another, it's the same thoughts. It's just like cycle, like circle, circle, circle over and over. And I think, you know, writing stuff down and being able to just like clear like clear all of, all of the, the thoughts is when inspiration can actually come through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I'm a big journal. I actually last night, um, or the night before my boyfriend, like read me something from his journal that he like writ, uh, had written a year ago. And then something he wrote like yesterday, just to say like, holy shit, like, look at this difference. And so I pulled all of my old journals out and was like reading through them. And I was just like, oh my God, this is crazy. I'm like, I'm going to get my first client. I'm going to get my first client. And then here I am like a year later, just looking back at all of those moments when my journal was just everything throughout all of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I have a stack of journals back here. That's such, I feel like that'd be a good practice. Like when I'm on my period, when I'm more in like this reflective stage of looking <laughs> back and just having, yeah, <laughs> having a moment of like appreciation of like looking at the journey. Cause I think it's, especially in the world of like learning about manifestation and spirituality and letting things become more free and open. And this idea of like, well, why not create everything I want? It's easy to sometimes get stuck in the future of it instead yeah. of like looking wait a minute there were certain things I once wanted that I now have exactly exactly and I love that you just said when you're on your period because I'm so like I'm on my period right now and I'm like so in the just like 
reflecting emotional. Yeah. That's totally what I had last night. I'm just like, I'm like crying, just like flipping through the pages and just like reminiscing. But everything, every single thing that I wrote down in my journal that I wanted like a year ago, year and a half ago, it has all come into fruition. And that's the funny thing about manifestation too, is, you know, I teach manifestation a little bit like differently, I think than a lot of people. Um, but like, I never, those things that I wrote down, I didn't write them like every single day and like do the three, six, nine method and like put them on post-it notes everywhere. I literally wrote it once. And then I just got into alignment and practiced like feeling good. And then they all came into fruition. You know, I think manifestation, it's not always this, like we get really, um, obsessed, like obsessed with the future, obsessed with their goals and like writing it and writing it. And maybe if I write my manifestation more, it'll come into fruition and da, 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 da. But I noticed all I did was write them down once. I just wrote a list, never really wrote about them again. And then I look around my life and they're all here. Mm -hmm. Crazy, crazy and magical. Yeah. Yeah. What does getting into alignment look like for you? Getting into alignment. (sighs) Getting into alignment for me looks like, I mean, I feel like this is such a loaded question in so many ways, in a good way. Getting in alignment for me looks like having fun, honestly. Um, Like for me, even like spirituality doesn't always look like you know, meditation every day and like incense and sage and like some things that we think about when we think of spirituality. For me, it's more like, am I having fun in my life right now? Like, am I living at a high vibration where I'm like happy, but not just like, oh, I'm happy with how my life is. Like, I'm excited to be living. I'm doing things that like fuel my soul Um, because really like being in alignment is being in that flow where it's, things just feel effortless and you're just like living. I feel like that's mm-hmm. a, that's a, it's hard to explain almost what I feel like alignment is. Um, but I feel like if I'm not in alignment, what it looks like for me to get into alignment really looks like um, taking back control of like my values, right? Like one thing I value is like laughter. And I'm like, have I laughed in like three days or am I just sitting at my computer? You know, one thing I value is like family. Have I called my family? Have I gone to visit my family? One thing I value is just like cuddles in bed. And sometimes that looks like alignment to me is just like getting in bed and ordering noodles and watching like how I met your mother for four hours straight. It's just like that feeling of like, wow, like I'm actually really living and enjoying it. Mm, that's so beautiful I love that so much yeah that's a question that I have like two questions whenever I feel overwhelmed that always I I've always described as bringing it to my center but I guess it could also be bringing me into alignment you know that feeling feeling of being centered is how can I make this more fun like adventure and fun is a huge value for me as well and when I'm having fun I'm not taking things so seriously when I'm having fun I'm letting little Kelsey lead with the guidance of adult Kelsey you know and so a lot of things you were saying I'm like oh that reminds me of like alignment being connecting to the innocence of the inner child too Yes. Wait. So when you think about alignment, like coming back to center, you actually ask yourself, like, how can I have more fun? Yeah. The two questions I'm like, how could be, if I'm ever feeling overwhelmed or like, Oh, I don't want to do that when I'm like, what the fuck? I'm my own boss. So why am I not wanting to do something that's in my own business? Like what's going on here? Something's out of alignment. And sometimes that is, how can I make this more fun? 
sometimes I have had the realizations of, oh, I don't want to do it this way. Or, oh, yeah. I need to outsource this and ask for help from an assistant or from someone else. Or, yeah. But how can I have more fun? And how can I make this easier? Because mm-hmm. naturally I complicate things. I'm a Virgo. I'm like, let's look at mm-hmm. all these processes, you know? Yeah. And whenever I use those questions, it pulls me back into being into like a state of taking action. Or how can I make mm-hmm. this more fun? Sometimes it's as simple as putting on music or picking up my laptop and working in a different space of the house or going outside totally. and watering the plants, you know? Or just being like, um, okay, I need to schedule like a massage or something. Like the body work is really important to me. I'm like, I need like a weekly massage. And yeah. I'm like, I'm ferocious about my self-care, you know? Yes. And so it's it. it's those little things that, and it does kind of break this paradigm of um, what a lot of society talks about around, you know, being productive and that mm-hmm. shame. Like I remember growing, not grow, I guess growing up too, but it was more like my college years yeah. and I can't even say someone else said it to me. I don't even know where I heard it, but I would say it all the time. And it just goes to show the state I was in was like, you can sleep when you're dead. Let's go. Let's party or let's study or let's stay up all night and take an Adderall tomorrow. Sleep when you're dead. (laughs) This idea of like, I'm not sacrificing anything. I want to have it all. But then I'd be like, okay, I need a week of being alone to recuperate my fucking mind, body and soul because I gave so much, you know, but this idea of not doing good enough. Yeah. Especially when it comes to projects that are self-led, you know, for us having our own business, if anyone listening has a business, but I think a lot of people, um, it's more of their own personal projects, their art, their, their, um, different ideas or hobbies or side businesses that are growing. Yeah. Letting it be fun. And that's yeah. a fucking choice because yeah. we can make it really serious and heavy, you know? So for example, if someone is feeling like the stress of needing it to look a certain way, like how would you guide them? into taking that action anyways, into like, you know, if some limiting beliefs are coming up, because the interesting thing about limiting beliefs is we don't often know they're limiting beliefs. They just feel fucking real. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. I always say that like my superpower is like, if you come work with me, I am like the, what is it when like you see the people on the sand that are like searching for like metal with like their little metal detector thing. That's like me with limiting beliefs. Like I will literally help you see every single blind spot because I'm so passionate about limiting beliefs. I think they're fucking fascinating of just like how real they actually feel. Like half the time with my clients, they'll like say something and it's just me asking over and over, like, is that actually true? And they're like, what? what you just said, is that actually true? Cause it's just all these limiting beliefs, but mm-hmm. going back to what you're saying about, you know, something needing to be perfect. Um, I, yeah, I work with a lot of girls starting their own businesses. Right. And most of the self-sabotage or most of the hesitation is that need to be perfect. Like it's what I work with. Like most of the time with my business girls. Right. It's like, oh, but this needs to look that way and it needs to look this way. And I need to get, have the website up first. And like, this doesn't look right. And this isn't portraying the feeling that I want it to feel. And I'm just like, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Because we don't actually want things to be perfect. We actually just want to prolong the, like what's going to come afterwards. Like, so for example, when I started my podcast, I don't know if this was you, but I recorded that first episode at least 30 times, maybe like 20. And I would like listen to it in the car and then I would like criticize everything. And then I would record it again. And if I like sounded a little bit weird or I said too many ums, I would just like delete it and I'd do it again. And I was trying to make it so perfect. And I had to like stop myself and ask myself, like, do I actually care about it being perfect? 
or am I just so scared to put this thing out that it's easier for me to sit in like the, the starting stage than it is to actually put it out. So I always ask my girls, like, you know, they'll be kind of like perfectionist about their brand colors and their business name. And I'm like, okay, you don't really care about this. Like we do a little bit, but I'm like, you don't really care about this. What happens after you pick the brand colors and you pick the business name? Like what if you found them and they were perfect right now, then what would you have to do? And then of course the fear comes up. It's like, well, then I would have to actually post about it or I'd have to launch or I'd have to whatever. And I'm like, all of this confusion right now, we're having this whole coaching call about your brand, your business name. It's not about that. It's about, you know, what comes afterwards. And and we need to get you comfortable with that fear because once you're not afraid of, you know, the thing that comes after, everything else is just easy and, and mm. fun, I think, personally. Yeah. yeah. And it's like the easy and fun often comes after facing the fear because then all of a sudden the fear like doesn't have the same power over us. It's like, oh my God, I'm sure you hear this a lot. It's like, I can't believe I waited so long to do that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The the fear is is the worst part. I always tell people like when you're starting a business or just starting anything scary, right? The hardest part is just starting. Like the, the part that you think is actually hard isn't actually doing it. Like you're scared to do it because you think it's going to be hard. It's not actually hard. What's Mm -hmm. hard is what you're creating in your mind about it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the stories, the fear of judgment, fear of failure. And like something that was like really helpful for me was what is the worst case scenario? Like what different things I was afraid of, of like, what's the worst case scenario? It's like worst case scenario. Like for example, I mean, starting a new project or putting yourself out there or posting a picture, telling your story, like worst case scenario, you get no responses. Yeah. It's not, you're not going to die. But the interesting part is when it feels like it's life-threatening in the body. Yes. (laughs) I love this. This is totally what I, I teach my girls in my confidence program is like, right. The reason it feels so intense in our body is because like our brain actually has not evolved to 2021. We still, in a lot of ways, have like a cave girl brain or a cave boy brain, right? Where like, if we were rejected by the tribe when we were a caveman, what would happen to us? We would die. What if we tried something new and we got out of our comfort zone and we failed miserably? Like we tried some new berries or we like peeked over the, the that like a... Uh, cliff over there that we haven't discovered yet and you failed what would happen you would die like we we actually think that we are going to die in those moments and I think a big part of confidence and getting over it is just like checking in with yourself and reminding yourself that like there's no bears your your strawberries aren't poisonous you're not gonna get attacked by another tribe like you're good you're safe you're gonna be Mm -hmm. fine you're gonna be safe Oh my gosh. I think that mantra alone has guided me so much in like relationships, business, all of it is like, I'm safe. I got you. I'm safe. I got you. And I realized that it was like me talking to the inner child because it's the adult knows it's fine. The inner child is like, I need love. I want love. What if, what if they don't want to be my friends? Like all these things that as an adult, we're like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think it, and it took me some time to really get into a place where I was like, okay, if they don't like me, whatever. Cause I think I brought so much of that, like hurt child with me for a long time of just like, 
yes, the adult version of me like did know I was okay, but also like I hadn't stepped into that yet. Like my reality was like, if these people don't like me, it's over. Like it's so over for me. Um, and it took me, you know, I think that so confidence, right? You don't receive confidence first and then do something. You do something and then you receive the confidence. So, you know, when I share that and say, like, I I hadn't experienced being in the power of knowing that I'm safe yet, you know, how do you how do you find that? Like, how do you actually step into the other side where you do realize like okay, I I am safe. I think it's about taking those risks and taking the leaps, even though it's terrifying and just doing it because then you, you prove to yourself like, Oh, look, I just did the scariest thing in the world and nothing bad happened. Because if you're always standing on like the other side, like the, the beginning and just standing in the fear, you're never going to, you're never going to get that feeling of like, okay, I can do this. You're never going to find it. If you're waiting for that feeling of like, I can do it. Like I am safe. Like I got this. It's not going to come until you take that leap and then nothing bad happens. And then you're like, okay, wait, I'm safe. And then you do it again. And then you do it again. And then you do it again. And now, you know, you get into a place where you're like, oh yeah, you don't like me. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm fine. But yeah. you can never, you can never find that until you, you dive into your biggest fear, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I have a friend that she always her it's she's having a book that's coming out ready as a lie. And I love that. Slogan. Angie Lee. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. Angie Lee was literally in my ears for four months when I started my business. Mm-hmm. Like she helped me with the start messy, everything. Yes. Yeah. yeah she's incredible. Mm-hmm. And it's such, it brings it back. Ready as a lie. We're never going to feel ready. Yeah. You know, and the confidence comes after facing the fear. And yeah. I think it's important to recognize what we're afraid of because that was a huge help for me when I was like, yeah. I just feel stuck or I just, I'm procrastinating or I'm too busy. Like all these different stories that used to come up in the past mm-hmm. when I started to get intimate with, okay, but what am I actually afraid of? Like, I imagine like coach Kelsey interviewing scared Kelsey and like, let's, and I call it committee meetings. Like when I like do journaling and meditation, I'm like committee meetings, like let all the crazy out right now. (laughs) I love that so much. Feel free to use it, take it, share it. Because I think that it normalizes the part that we have, normalizes that we have a lot of different versions with us and they all have opinion all at the same time. I think especially women, women have way more thoughts a day than men do. And so women also have this capacity to feel so much more. And that's why I think people mention and talk about the feminine energy being chaotic. And it Mm -hmm. is, and that's us to be able to sort the chaos and validate all those aspects and really hear, okay, but how is this supporting us? And sometimes something... Mm -hmm has served us once, but that has expired, you know, like something that helped us stay safe growing up, but is now just a facade that's not actually keeping us safe. Mm. Um, Because when I can recognize like, oh, like I'm trying to think of something that, oh, like, okay. So having like an intimate conversation um, in a relationship where I felt physically like I was at the edge of a cliff and I was like, oh my God, I don't want to open up and talk. And then I was like, well, what am I afraid of? I was like, oh my God. I'm afraid of getting controlled and manipulated. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, where'd that coming from? Okay. That was like, okay. So eight years ago, now I know the source. Okay. I'm afraid of being rejected, Uh you know? And so being able to identify it, just identifying it. I was like, oh, that's what it is. Because then the mystery is taken away. Yes. 
And uh, I love that so much. And something that's coming up for me right now, like super vulnerable share that I haven't really like shared with anyone. I, I don't even know your audience. I'm like, let me tell you my deepest, darkest secrets. Um, but I'm actually experiencing something right now in my life where I have like a, a phobia and it's attached to like some OCD. And I had OCD when I was really young, but I, I moved out of it or so I thought, right? Um, but I have this fear And I just started this new exposure therapy because finally as an adult, I was like, I'm so ready to just like nip this in the bud and get the help that I need. What's so interesting about it is so I have this fear and what OCD does is you do compulsions and things to lower like the fear and the anxiety. So I feel the fear about this thing. And then I'll start doing like, uh, if you have OCD, you'll totally resonate, but like, I'll do like tapping things, like weird tappings, weird reassurances, you know, checking locks, like just weird things that are very compulsive. And what I'm doing in my therapy is stopping the compulsion, stopping all of the things that are lowering that fear and just looking at it. And it's so uncomfortable, but I'm just looking at it, just looking at it. And it's like, all my life, I've been doing all of these things to avoid it and to get away from it and to like, oh, like, I don't want to look at that. And now it's just like full force. Like I'm here with it and I'm looking at it and I'm identifying it and like diving into it and exploring it. And, um, like that's the only, that's the highest rated like form of healing a fear, like healing a phobia is this like exposure. And I just think it's so fascinating what you're saying and how, you know, of course mine's like on this weird extreme level, but it's like, the only way to break through the fear and get past it is to just look at it, not try to do all these things to like hide from it. It's yeah. just like, here I am with it, you know, and that's mm-hmm. the only way I'll, I'll move through it. Yeah. So, Thank you so much yeah. for sharing that. Yeah. Cause course. that's like, that's like, that's shadow work right there. That's yeah. us being willing to look at the deepest, darkest parts of ourselves. And I think that we always feel that it's extreme and weird from our perspectives because it feels so big for all of us. You like, I've, you know, like each person that has their own things are going to, it's going to feel extreme and weird for us because we don't know who else can relate to it because we don't know anyone else that has it. So it feels lonely when it totally isn't, but we, but our, our mind doesn't know that until like we are able to open up. So just thank you for sharing that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love, I'm one of the most like open book people, especially when it comes to my business. Like my, my clients are always like, don't you have like a line of like what you'll share and what you want? I'm like, absolutely not. Because (laughs) there might be someone listening right now. That's like, wait, what this person that's like, you know, on the podcast and has a successful business and is doing so great also is like dealing with this thing. That's like, like sucking the life out of me. I think it's, um, helpful to just like see other people like going through, through the same things. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've never heard of exposure therapy. Is that like what it is where like you're exposed to the biggest thing that you're afraid of? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a little difficult depending on like what you're afraid of, like we're kind of recreating it, but yeah, it's just about learning how to, um, just sit with it. It's, it's like, um, when you do like compulsions, you're actually making your anxiety worse. But once you can like sit with the anxiety and you're with your therapist and you just sit there, your anxiety actually like lowers and we'll watch through my therapy. Like my anxiety just like totally Mm. trail off without me having to do anything, you know? Um, That's beautiful. Yeah. No, that's pretty much it. Exposing exposing you to your biggest fears. Not very fun. That's for sure. Yeah. It's just, it makes me think something that's coming to my mind is, um, 
how much we fear the unknown. And so then all of a sudden, when the unknown becomes known, it's not as scary, you know? And that's something that's been a huge help for me is like, I won't know until I face it. And what stories am I creating? And I think that kind of goes hand in hand with the limiting beliefs of being able to notice the story I'm creating. Because of course, at first, when we're in it, it's not a story. It's just what is. But yeah. being able to say, well, wait a minute, what story am I creating? What if someone else were to look in, what story would maybe they say? Someone looking in that loves me, yeah. <laughs> you know, what yeah. story would they say? And like starting to sift around these different stories and recognize um, the empowerment we do have of like, you know, mm-hmm. am I, am I, am I addressing this? Am I facing this? Yes. Okay. Then it's good enough. Am I, am I willing to grow through this? Yes. Then it's good enough. Instead of like thinking about where we think we should be and like not shooting on ourselves. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like one thing that's coming up for me as you're sharing all that and like, you know, saying the word uncertainty, um, you know, when you think of the worst case scenario, I think it's important to like, you know, look at your limiting beliefs and look at the worst case scenarios and your fears and also just be comfortable with like, you know, so, some people will try and be really positive and be like, don't worry. The worst case scenario is not going to happen. Like it's not going to happen to you. No, it might happen and it might not. And it might happen. And that's a big part of my therapy too is okay. This fear, it might actually happen to you, but it also might not, but it also might. And that's where you find the power is in that uncertainty of like, either way, I'll be fine. Like I, mm-hmm. I can handle it either way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that's like this. so much self-trust and self-love, you know, of like, mm-hmm. I got me, you know, something that I realized that was coming up that I was kind of shocked about, like, and, you know, we go into these spiritual journeys and this, yeah. this like self-love journey and being willing to look at all the things. And I realized how much, um, like correlation with abandonment had come up. And yeah. so uh, it made this, like all these lines start to connect. I was like, oh my God, no wonder I'm so um, obsessed with self-love. That's what I was healing. I just didn't have the label yeah. because being able to say, I got me, yeah. I'll hold me. I'll, I will never leave me. I will never abandon myself. And like mm-hmm. different things in the past of having like just numbing myself with weed or numbing myself with different things was a form of self-abandonment. And yeah. so then I realized it was just another manifestation of the fear of abandonment, even from myself. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, we get to be our own. I, I love, like, I don't, I don't remember who said it, but it was like, I'm not your guru. Like you're your own guru. You're your own yeah. savior, you know, being able. And the way that I like to look at it too, because I know some people, especially in like religion, they're like, you are not your own savior, you know? And it's like, it's like, yeah, "Yeah, but what about the seed of God within each of us? That's what I like to think of. It's like each person has a seed of God that we have the ability to channel healing that feels like it's directly from ourselves, even if there's higher powers involved. Absolutely. Oh my God. I love this so much. I, the whole abandonment thing, I, I learned this perspective from someone I interviewed on my podcast and it like shifted everything for me. She was talking about the fear of abandonment and like, um, you know, she's, she was a breakup coach. Uh, her name's breakup coach. Dorothy is the one that shared this. Um, and she was talking about like, how can we have like a healthy relationship? When do we have that deep, like fear of abandonment, even like in relationships, right. Of just like not feeling like we can hold ourselves. And so we need that other person. And if they leave us, like my world is going to fall apart type of thing. And she said like the way to combat this or or heal from this through self-love is to have these two layers of trust, trust in God or the universe and trust in yourself. If you have trust in the universe and you have trust in yourself, 
there's no way that you can like, I mean, of course, we're always scared that the ones we love will will leave us in, in some sort of way, of course, like we would never want to lose them. But you can't really carry that fear of abandonment with you if you truly trust that everything is happening for you in your favor and you trust yourself that you will always, like you said, be okay and not um, indulge in that self-abandonment. Like I got me, I will always be fine. How can you, you know, have this like deep, deep, you know, um, almost like a, um, what's the word? Like destructive fear of abandonment when you know, everything's happening in your favor and you fucking got yourself like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know. I just, I thought that was a really interesting um, perspective. Yeah. yeah. I really like that. It's almost like filters, you know, mm-hmm. it's like filtering through fears of like, wait a minute, am I trusting in the universe? Okay. Wait a minute. Am I trusting in myself exactly. of like something that really helps me is discernment of like, I can't control anyone else or anything, but I can trust that I can discern when I need to speak up, when I need to assert myself or when I need to just soften and trust mm-hmm. and like allow and give myself permission to soften mm-hmm. and like giving my pers- permission, myself permission to take the risks that involve with love, yeah. especially with partners and relationships of like, totally. oh, I'm willing to take the risk because the same thing with our business, everything I want is on the other side of fear. And so now when I notice I'm mm-hmm. afraid of something, I'm like, oh. Oh, I'm so scared, but so excited to lean in because that means something's unfolding, you know, because it's like building those positive associations with like, oh, interesting. I'm afraid of something. Cause you know, like as the business grows, you get these different levels of comfort of just like, oh, this is just a thing. You know, I used to get so freaked out before group calls. And now I'm like five minutes before, like, let's go get some sun chill. Like, I don't care. I'm ready to get on because I can trust that everything's going to go well. And so it's interesting once we can start to look at fears of like, oh, cool, look at this. Yeah. Like instead of this, like this curiosity, it's like the looking above and looking down, like, oh, look at that. I'm afraid of something. That means I'm growing. That means I, something big is unfolding. <laughs> I love this. And I, I'm the exact same way. It's that like positive association because you've done it so many times, like, you know. Um, and I always, my perspective was always like, I look at my life for like my problems, almost like a like a game, like a video game. Like now when I get a problem, I'm like, Ooh, how do I figure this one out? It's like a, like a little mystery game almost. And it, again, it puts back, it puts the fun back into it and, and takes out all that seriousness. And in that sense, you can almost be in alignment, even in like the hardest moments and the darkest moments of your life mm-hmm. when you, you know, it's not always going to be fun. You know, I'm not trying to be a, like a, Uh, toxic positivity, but in a sense, you can look at it with this perspective of just like, wow, this is fascinating. This is exciting. Why am I going through this? And Mm. especially as a coach, I think I, I look at things like a game because I'm like, like I'm going through this. I definitely have a a client that's about to go through this as well, because I have to learn how to figure it out first. And then I get to teach them it, it, Uh you know, bring a little bit of fun when you can, especially with, you know, the types of businesses that you have, that we have, Mm -hmm. We will attract clients that are experiencing or have experienced the exact same stuff because that's just how the universe works. Every time. (laughs) Every time. My client will come to me and like share what they're going through. And I'm just like, oh, I know. I'm like, here it is. All right, let's do this thing. (laughs) They're Mm -hmm. like, how did you know I was going to go through this? Oh, I just knew because I was literally in this shit seven days ago. (laughs) We got this. And then you get to move through it with them. You know, it's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, wonderful. Um, well, 
you know, I'm starting to feel pretty complete about this nice conversation that we're having together. Yeah. Um, feels really good. Yeah. It feels really good. You know, and something I like to ask everyone at the end and just seeing what comes up is to complete the sentence. Mm. Self love is. Oh God, you got me frozen. Self love is. I think true freedom for me, like self-love is like giving myself freedom, like freedom to feel, freedom to dress how I want, freedom to do what I want. And um, yeah, I think it's, it's just freedom without judgment. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming to play here on Joyfully yes. You podcast. Of course. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This has yeah. seriously been such a pleasure. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad. I've had such a fun time as well. And I'd love to hear how can people connect with you? How can people come and play? Yes. Yes, absolutely. So I usually hang out on Instagram and my Instagram is Maddie Maple, M-A-D-I, Maple like the syrup. Uh, it's the same on TikTok as well. Then I have a podcast called Breaking Butterfly. And um, if you're wanting to work on your confidence, my um, signature metamorphosis program will be launching in just a couple of weeks. I'm not sure when this is coming out, but head over to my Instagram and come hang out. And um, yeah, I have that coming up and that's where I'm playing right now. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Is there anything yeah. you'd like to share before we uh, complete our episode today? I think there's always something I, I want to share. (laughs) I just have to let it come through. I think what I want to say is, I mean, this was kind of the whole running theme throughout the episode, but just like stop taking things so seriously. Like I sometimes just like to remind myself, like we are on a floating rock in the middle of nowhere and we are just random meet bodies and we're just put here and no one knows what the fuck they're doing no one does even if someone looks like they know what they're doing they don't just act like you do and just like do what it takes to allow yourself to experience what you want to experience on this world while you're here because we're only here once and we're just we're just meet bodies on a floating rock just do it just do it (laughs) Oh, thank That's you what so I tell much. myself. Yeah, it, it it instantly makes it like, okay, wait a minute. It's not so serious. It doesn't have to be so crazy. How can yeah. I let myself have more fun right now? Yes. <laughs> Just have some more fun. Exactly. Awesome. Well, if you guys are listening to this episode and you enjoyed it, take a screenshot right now, post it to your Instagram story, tag me at Kelsey Losho and Maddie at Maddie Maple. Um, yeah. And if you, if you guys got inspired by something or you feel inspired to reach out and ask a question, feel free to send DMs to either one of us. Um, We we would love to be able to connect and interact with you and just support you in your confidence journey. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Love, 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 love to hear from everybody. So yeah. Wonderful. All right, you guys, thank you, Maddie, for joining us. And I'm your host, Kelsey Lowe, and you are listening to Joyfully You Podcast, and I will see you on the next episode.